0: Everyone, we're so glad that you've tuned in for this message today. I believe God gave me a word for you, and I believe the word of God is going to bring you strength. I believe God's going to bring someone comfort and take someone to a new level. I want you to watch this message that the Lord gave me, and at the end, I'm going to come back and we're going to pray for you. God bless you. Enjoy this word.
1: I had a whole thing that I knew the Lord wanted me to talk about today, and um, during worship, it all changed which isn't at all unusual. I was thinking about everyone that we don't see. I was thinking about Chad Madden, who's somewhere behind me in a lofted area with a bunch of screens and a bunch of buttons. Oh, and by the way, Athens. Thank you, Chris. Welcome, I'm glad you are joining us. For all those who are tuning in and watching, I am so thankful that you're here. It's a big deal. Um, I am very grateful for the opportunity and thank uh, pastors Kevin and Devin for this. They needed a little bit of time off, and it was scheduled, and our schedules just worked. And, you know, we see Kevin and Devin every Sunday. We, we hear them. We hear from Pastor Richie. We hear from Pastor Wilmari. We hear from Pastor Josh. We, we, the, the team, the, the visible side of the team we see, it's the people we don't see that I wanted to just briefly mention. I think it's important. The people that are out in the parking lot before anyone gets here. The people who are making sure signs are there and the the greeters that get here early and they pray before anyone walks in. I was thinking about it this morning, about five o'clock. The Lord began to talk to me about, do you even know, Dino, as a trustee, do you even know who walks into this church and turns these lights on and turns the air on or the heat on? And I went, no, sir, I don't know who that is. He said, well, find out and thank them. So I don't know who you are yet. I haven't found out yet, but whomever you are, thank you. Because I wouldn't want to be sitting here in the dark. And you see... When you go through stuff in your life, and especially when you are going through something and you're wondering how's it all gonna play out, you don't really know how it's gonna play out. I've, I've been told my entire time, I've been in ministry now 32 years full time, and I've always been told this, don't ever minister from a position of what you are going through, wait until you are through it. I believe in that in a major way. Today, I was going to talk about something that I have been talking about on the road a lot, Recently, but instead, I'm going to do something else. If you know our ministry at all, you know that I, I just never. I don't use notes. I I just I pray in tongues and I listen to the Spirit of God talk to me, and that's what works for us. Nothing wrong with notes. Nothing wrong with teachers. I mean, that's we need all of that. But today, just for a few minutes, I'm just going to talk with you. For those of you, there were a lot of hands that went up that you're here visiting. Don't judge today. Come back next Sunday. I'm not a pastor. My wife would be the first to tell you he's not a pastor. Pastors' jobs are to comfort the afflicted. My job is to afflict the comforted. (laughs) It's that prophetic gift that God gave me that sometimes it just rubs people the wrong way and, and that's okay because my job is to simply say what he instructs me to say question that I wanted to ask you today is what's God called you to do? What's he called you to do? What does he put you on this earth to accomplish? Whatever it is that you will do with your life, it will require faith. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. If you know anything about our ministry, you know that I could be a poster child for faith as far as the message itself. But I'm going to stand here or sit here today and be as transparent with you as I know how. And I am so glad my family is here. Because I've missed it. I can tell you how to believe God for an airplane, I can tell you how to believe God for things, I can tell you how to believe God for XYZ. Richie said it, I've ministered at 3,600 events, 2.4 million students, I've written 29 books, I've got national, I'm on a national television program, it's on five times a week. None of that means anything. I'm gonna tell you why it doesn't mean anything. Because if you and I don't have, I taught my kids, two of which are sitting right there, one sitting 120 miles away from here, I taught my kids what faith could produce without teaching them the value of the relationship. My God, thats are you sure you want to go down this road? No, but I'm going. Because here's why, Revelation tells us this. I'm gonna give you the paraphrase version. You and I will not stand before Jesus and answer for what we did. We will stand before God and answer for what we did as it relates to what he instructed us and called us to do. So I've I've spoken to 2.4. What if I was supposed to speak to 20 million by this point? I'm way behind. What's God asked you to do with your life? Well, I'm not in ministry. What does that have to do with anything? Because in reality, you are in a ministry because everyone in this room, everyone watching online, everyone who will watch this on television, every single human on this planet is called to the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciled to what? To who you are in him. To what he has already done for us that we only have by faith to reach into and grab and say, that's my life, I'm going to do it. I think about all the audiences from Russia to Australia, to South Africa, to wherever, where I've stood and talked about faith and what faith can do and why it's so, and listen, it's impossible to please God without, you gotta have faith. It's the currency of heaven, but faith without having the depth of intimacy with God. You ever stood by and watched people worship and wonder why you don't don't have what they have? I have my point in sharing this this morning is to simply say to you and to me it's never too late and maybe today you're running on fumes maybe today you are sitting here thinking does my life even matter just two days ago we were in a, another city I was ministering and it's a place that I enjoy going it's it's, it's a it's a very unique ministry there were only 51 teenagers there And used to, that would have bothered me, because used to, I wouldn't go anywhere unless there was a thousand people in the crowd, and that's why we built the numbers so quickly. But then one day, the Lord asked me a question. He says, Dino, how do you build a crowd? And I said, this is a trick question. I'm listening. He said, I do it one person at a time. Let us no longer be concerned about the crowd size. And from that day forward, I said, wherever you send me, wherever, wherever. And recently, it's been small. And I've had so much fun just connecting with smaller groups of people. On Friday, I started ministering. I was not four minutes into that time with those 51 students, and the Lord said to me, do an altar call and do one, make it for salvation. I said, Lord, we're in a Christian ministry. This is 24-7. This is what they do here. He said, ask the question. Six teenagers got born again. I mean... And that's the most important question you'll ever ask anyone is where are you going to spend eternity because you and i wouldn't you hate to miss heaven by 30 seconds i mean just for i don't like to play the what if game but what if right now god said to jesus get ready to get on that horse and in 30 seconds we hear a, a trumpet blast that they will hear from east l.a to south china and all of a sudden we will look up to the eastern sky and he splits the sky wide open and there is no more time to figure this out i can tell you there are no unbelievers in hell today Hell is not full of bad people, and heaven is not full of good people. Hell is full of people who chose not to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And I don't know about you, but as you get older, and maybe you get some experience in your life, sometimes maybe things begin to change. Priorities change. And I was talking about faith with these young 51 teenagers Friday six got born again I would keep going i minister i don't know hour hour and a half and at the end of it i asked three questions that i always ask and i've asked around the world and that is these three are this is there someone in your life that you need to forgive who's hurt you because hurting people hurt people 42 teenagers raised their hands said you're talking to me the second question i asked was "Is is there anyone here today who feels like you've been rejected What is rejection? It's the absolute opposite of acceptance. 39 teenagers raised their hand. Keep in mind, we're in a Christian ministry that is 24 seven ministry. The last question I always ask because this is the mandate on our ministry in reaching teenagers is "Is suicide a real option in your life. Suicide is built in threes. A person will think about it, talk about it. If not stop, they attempt it. Every day in America alone, 5,400 teenagers attempt suicide. The UTC arena would fill up every two and a half days with teenagers who bought the lie, who in the previous 60 hours said my life doesn't matter. That's real numbers, that's, that's, that's CDC numbers. 51 students standing there, sitting there, anyone here today believe their your life isn't worth living and suicide's a real option, 20, 20 teenagers. The administrators almost went under their seats. 20 kids, 40% of that audience that day said my life doesn't matter. And my question to them and my question today is, what is the other side of not mattering, mattering? And what causes your life to matter is that you are loved by Jesus. And he loves you so much, he gives you the opportunity to do something with your life. You may be in business, you might be a teacher, you might work, whatever it is that you do, that is your assignment. There are two words that are not in the Greek language, coincidence and retirement. They're not there. Does that mean you you can't retire from your job? I'm not saying that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about retiring from the calling. The gifts and calling, the Bible says in Romans, are irrevocable. They are without repentance. Irrevocable is a legal term, meaning they cannot be taken back. Whatever it is that you're called to do, that calling's never going to change. But when you are doing your calling, the one thing that you're called to do, all of your gifts will work together for the singular accomplishment of the one thing God put you on the earth to do. And when this thing called life comes to an end, or you go to heaven before Jesus comes, you will stand before God and you will hear one of two things. Well done, or what were you thinking? And the well done will only happen if you have done what he called you to do according to what he's instructed you to do in the Word. And you and I have to find ourselves in Scripture and verse. For our ministry, we're called to Ezekiel 3, 10 and 11. We have a mandate of Proverbs 24, 11. We have a message of Job 33, 4, all for the purpose of 2 Timothy 4, 5. I know exactly why I'm sitting here today. Because the Word of God will not return void. But when all hell breaks loose and you're not sure what to do, you better have Scripture and verse upon which you were standing that you go back to. Well, I don't have that. Go get it. Well, where would i find it open the book where do i start wherever you're led but what if i don't find it you will how can you say that god's no respecter of persons troy because you and our friends i'll pick you out of the crowd troy troy white's my eye doctor troy and i when i go visit him he will sit down in his little chair, and I'll sit, be in the chair. And Before he does anything, we'll start talking about God. 35, 40 minutes later, we still may be talking about God. And then he'll go, okay, let let me see your eyes. He may not be up here, but his ministry is just as important as what Kevin Wallace does right here every Sunday. Because what he does, is he will pray in the spirit before any patient. And I've seen him, he and I have talked a lot. I know what he does. I I have a friend of mine who's a brain surgeon up in the middle part of the the United States. And he said to me the other day, he said, I don't go into surgery unless I first pray in tongues. And while I'm in surgery, while I'm doing the operation, I'm listening for the Holy Ghost to do anything he wants me to do. In the times in which we are living, you and I cannot afford to just be a loose cannon out there, not walking in the, the light of the word. So when he asked me that question, Dean, do you know what I've called you to do? I'll never forget where I was. I was standing in the swimming pool. And I said, well, I've been doing it a long time, but you're asking, so I'm listening. He said, I've called you to do three things. Hear my voice, deliver my messages, and share your testimony. That's all I do every day. I listen. I say what I hear, and I share my testimony. That's it. That's it. And God sends you around the world to do that. And if you knew in totality our story, you would go, if he'll use those two, my God, I know he'll use me. But I'm serious. It's real. Before God ever created this thing called ministry, he created family. I told Lori last time, I said, you know, the most important thing that you and I will ever do is hear God's voice. The second most important thing we'll ever do is obey what we just heard. She said, I don't agree with that. And it stopped me. I said, well, what are you, what are you saying? She says, the most important thing you and I will ever do is have an intimate relationship with the father. And from that will come his voice and from that will come our obedience I said, corrected. I told her this morning, I said, you know, through the years, we're coming up, May 4th will be our, our 25th year anniversary of, yeah, it's... For Lori, it's been the best 35 years of her life. We talk a lot about, what well, we just sang about it, looking where we have come from and where we are and where God's taken us. And a lot of times I meet a lot of people and they say to me these words, I tried that stuff and it just didn't work. You know, there's a place, it's invisible, but it's real. If you ever go out to any airport, let's say you're gonna fly somewhere, you're gonna go to wherever, You don't get on whatever airline you're gonna get on. When you taxi to the end of the runway, they'll tell you, uh, make sure you're buckled in, we're getting ready to go, however they say it. And you take off down the runway. And for the pilots in the room, you'll know this because you fly. I know this because I was told this by a pilot and I started looking at it and studying, and I went, yeah, it's real. There is a line on any runway anywhere on the planet It's invisible, but it's called the line of no return. And as you go down this runway and whatever aircraft you're on, you begin to pick up significant speed. at that line, when the nose of the aircraft crosses that line, the the laws of lift and thrust connect and the airplane is going to fly. It's coming off the ground and you can't stop it. For many of us today, we are quickly approaching the line of no return. Where god is going to thrust you into the purity of the call and the question is do you know what that calling looks like do you know what god wants you to do this isn't all about just doing but as christians we are we do have something to do and it's important that we do it i meet a lot of hurting hurting people in what we get to do they've been through rough times i was in mississippi a couple days ago and um, well a couple of weeks our, our days turning into weeks very quickly but we, we were I was ministering someplace and um, the gentleman in charge of this ministry pulled me aside and said there's there's somebody I'd like for you to meet and, and I did and this person told me their story and I always take the time to listen because if someone's going to the, have the courage to come up to a stranger and say I want to tell you some of my story boy we've got we to gotta listen to that you may be the only person, the only Jesus in someone's life that they'll actually open up to and go, can I just tell you what's going on in my life? And if you don't take the time, for a long time, I didn't care. I don't know how to be any more transparent than this. I didn't. I was interested in getting to the next city, getting to the next event, getting on my airplane, doing, doing all the stuff that doesn't matter. Caring if I could sign my name to a book that somebody bought. Take it. I'm 55. Take it from someone who, at 55 years old, has come to the harshest reality that what God cares about is you, not what you do. And if you find yourself in a position similar to where I have found myself, do something about it. What can I do? Have a talk with God and ask him to take you and let you experience. I'm gonna change on you Chad, just a real quick moment here. I'll just read it to you. Ask God to let this happen to you. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. You want to have a real moment with God? Let him touch your heart. And that's a process. I don't think we ever fully arrive. I think we consistently just keep going, here am I, use me. Yesterday, we were home, Lori and I were, and she was doing something else, and I went to one of the other rooms in our home, and I I just grabbed my phone, and I turned worship music on, and I just sat there for an hour, and I just had no agenda. I just worshiped, and at the end of that time, I played a song that I've not played in one year, and the song was, I Can Only Imagine. And the reason i haven't played it in one year is because i haven't been able to because one year ago in this past march my mom died and that was the song that everyone began to sing when she as she was dying and as she took her last breath here on earth the lord spoke to me and said she no longer has to imagine she's here well that's a great report and i'm very thankful for it except when your relationship if let's say that some of us today have a, a relationship that's not very enjoyable There's been a lot of pain. Death is final until Jesus says it's not final. And maybe today there's someone in your life that's gone and you can't do a thing about what did happen or what did not happen and should have happened. You know what? God is a way maker. And he has a way of taking hurt and pain and turning it into purpose. What's all this got to do with you today? I'm going to show you. How does faith come? Romans 10, 17 tells us very clearly that faith comes by and hearing the... So if you don't hear the word, faith can't come, right? You can experience what faith can produce. You You can experience whatever. But if you want a life that pleases God, you're going to have to be in the word hearing the word. Before I walked up here today, we could have gone home. We'd already had church. The worship was based on the word of God. What Will Mari shared. Man, how wonderful. But here's what happens. Let's say, for the sake of talking, that this glass is, is the container of your heart. This is your heart. And let's say that the water inside the container represents faith. Okay? Let's say that you use your faith every day to accomplish whatever it is God's telling you to do. I've just used faith. This container is not going to fill itself back up. It will sit here just like this until Jesus comes or you you see a miracle. Other other than that, it's not going to refill itself. But when you open the Word and begin to pour the Word back in, stop living on the residue of yesterday and you dive into the reservoir of what God has available. Now that's available to anyone at any time. You don't have to have a collar around your neck. You don't have to have a long robe. Nothing wrong with any of that. You can just wake up and go, I want more. I just want more. And here's what I'm encountering. I'm encountering people who are empty. And they're trying to do something for God on fumes. And you may have grown up in church. You may have spent your entire life in church. You may have, you, you, you may have served God with, great, with a great servant's heart. And just somewhere along the way, life threw you a curveball. Maybe you were believing God for something and it didn 't happen yet maybe you just knew this was this was whatever, and you just got disappointed or you got frustrated or you got whatever the reality is God will meet you right where you are. I know that when you when you have a traveling ministry and you come to, a, to a, you come to a place you, you know if I were to go to a there 's a place in South Georgia where I go about three times a year and I minister in there's always the same expectation. Well, Dean's here, this is what's gonna happen. You know, it's gonna be high energy, it's gonna be altar call, it's gonna be prophetic, people are gonna get words. And sometimes it's not that way at all. And usually it doesn't happen that way because God doesn't want anyone to put their mind and their eyes on a human being. He just wants, and see, this is the thing. He just wants to use anybody, anybody. Well, then usually you're so much, you never sit down, no. Usually you've got the band behind you and it's just,
0: yeah.
1: But I think when you have a real, true moment of self-awareness, you start taking inventory. And while I'm so very grateful for all that the Lord's let us do, like you, I'm sure with your life, I'm sure when you look back over the the your life, there's plenty of things. Like the other day when you shared your testimony, I was watching online. I, was, I don't know where I was, but I was watching online. That blessed me so much. I mean, it just. I mean, it was so real. It was so honest. It just reached down to the depths of people's heart and said, "This is real." And this this is. I mean, it's a story that needs to be told. So what's my point? Don't give up. Don't let go of the dream that God placed in your heart, because maybe you don't see anybody else doing the one thing that you want to do or called to do because we're all waiting on you. So I tell teenagers, why does it have to be somebody outside of these four walls? Why can't it be one of you? And they get this look on their face like, well, my Lord, I never thought about that. Well, think about it. I mean, what is it that God has positioned you uniquely to do that nobody could do it the way you could do it? And if you don't do it, we're all going to be missing out. I started writing because I didn't see anybody else saying what was in my heart to say, and I had this epiphany. Maybe I'm supposed to say it. None of us can do it alone. No matter what it is, there's, it, there's always others that need to come alongside and be a part of. I look at what I look at Kevin and Devin and, and the, the ministry that God's given them and how it's not only affecting this city and this region, but it, it's got global tentacles. I mean, it reaches. But they could not do what they do without the team of people that God has strategically placed in their lives. And this church is so blessed to have the best of the best. Well, you're just saying that. No, I'm not. If you're in business and you have people that work with you or that work for you, I mean, it's people that God brought to you that, that, that you working, they working under your leadership for your vision, or maybe you're part of making the vision happen. You all have a part to play in this. And, and today I, I, I had a strong sense in my heart that there were many people here today that maybe just were living on the fumes of faith and trying to figure out what am I gonna do with my life and why is it not working? And maybe just maybe it's time to get real. You're looking at somebody who at 15 years old was sexually abused. 60 seconds changed my life and I didn't tell anybody for 22 years. And 22 years later with Will and Ellie, Meg wasn't born yet, in a Home Depot walking down an aisle, turned right, walked right into the person who 22 years earlier abused me and my life unraveled. I was on TBN, I was on Daystar, reaching a quarter of a billion billion, with a B, a night, and I couldn't get off my own couch. And I came home and I told her, I'm gonna tell you something I've never told anybody. 22 years ago, I was sexually abused. Today, I walked into the person who did it. She took two steps back. I'll never forget Lori's face. Her eyes filled with tears. She said to me a sentence, I'll never forget. Everything makes sense now. We've gotta get you help. And it scared me. I almost said it a different way remembered where i was <laughs> oh god you are real i've tried the other side it's not good Lori said you need to go see a counselor i said i have a counselor it's the holy ghost she said if you were sick would you go to a doctor i said absolutely i got several she said no different go don't clap I don't care See, now the evangelistic side's coming out in me I've been I've been transparent now it's time to bring it home for a landing I will thank you I went made myself an appointment I'll never forget going to that that office there was this big brown door and on this side of my shoulder I heard the devil say when you walk in somebody's gonna recognize you from television for those of you who don't understand that's pride on this side, I heard the Holy Spirit say, if you'll open the door, I'll meet your faith. That's a word for somebody today. If you'll open the door, he'll meet your faith. You're right, it's for you, back. I see you. So I walked in, I said, hi, I'm Dean Sykes. I'm here for my appointment. They said, will you fill these papers out? I said, yes, ma'am. And I went and found a corner, and I sat in it, hoping, praying that I would just not scream my name but here comes this person dean sykes I president accounted for and that began me on a journey and i don't know if this is touching your heart at all and it, maybe it's not for everybody if it's i've just come to a place where i just want to hear well done and not as a speaker, as her husband, as their father, as their father-in-law, as a person that has people. I woke up one day and I thought, how did our ministry grow to this many We have all these people working for us now. How did this even happen? And somewhere today throughout this audience, a lot of the people who work with our ministry are here. And I'm not going to point you out because I know you don't like that, but I'm going to say to you, All of you who work with us, from those who fly, those who schedule, those who pray. Debbie, I want to present you. Debbie Matthews has worked with us for 15 years. And Debbie Matthews, who goes to church here, prays. She's on staff to do one thing. She prays. If you send our ministry a prayer request, she's the one who gets it. She'll call me or text me on Monday morning and goes, here's where we are. What's this week look like? We have media people, I don't even know where they are. We, We have an executive director, she's somewhere around here. We've got some dear friends from Kentucky that came in today. Well done is mission accomplished. You're not gonna hear it if you don't live a life of faith, but you're not gonna live a life of faith if you don't have this relationship right here faith is going to work for the just or the unjust. Show me the biggest heathen in Chattanooga, Tennessee, who is a rank heathen who does nothing but raise hell. Show me their checkbook. I promise you they're giving to somebody. They're givers. And that, that seed time and harvest principle works. But they're not content. I wish I could tell you how many business people I get to minister to who've made a fortune and they're miserable. They have said to me, I thought when I made the first million, I thought when I got the bigger airplane, I thought when I got the second and third home. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. Nothing wrong with stuff as long as you own the stuff, the stuff doesn't own you. Because if you own the stuff, if God tells you to give it, it'll be gone in a split second. So, For those of you who are hurting this morning, and maybe you've come to this place where you realize it's not what I thought it was. Maybe you've been through a season that has just been hard and challenging. I remember in 2009, I got a phone call from the IRS. I said, we're going to audit your ministry and in the next three weeks, I lost 27 pounds. Not because I wasn't hungry. It just so shook me to my core. And the gentleman walked in and he, the audit began and, he, and the Lord spoke to me and said, tell him your story. Tell him what you do. I said, sir, before we begin this, could I just tell you what, what, what we do as a ministry, please? And he sat back in his chair and he looked at me and said, yeah, I'd like to know. I shared with him what God lets us do in high schools all over the country. And he looked at me and he said, I want my daughter to hear you speak. I said, I want to speak to your daughter. Got through the audit. He said, there's nothing, everything's in order. I said, thank you very much. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, why did that bother me? Why did I lose 27 pounds? Why was I so afraid? He said, that was an area of your life that had not been perfected yet because you were still relying on you instead of relying on me. Perfected love cast out all fear christian ministry is getting ready to go to another place in god keep doing what you're doing on social media watch the the invitations will start coming within 32 days your calendar will be significant for the next 12 months how do you know what to say if you listen he'll tell you well, i don't ever hear him tell me to tell somebody something then that's not your calling I was Phil Driscoll's manager for years. I traveled the world with him. I wasn't called to play the trumpet. I was called to carry the trumpet. That's what I did. You'll never have your own until you serve somebody else. If you don't carry someone else's vision and steward it as if it were your own and treat it as if it was your own, you can't really expect God to give you your own. Well, I'm going to minister to millions. Great. Great. Have you talked to the person down the street who doesn't know God yet? I'll never forget the night that Benny Hinn came here. And he pulled me out of that seat right there. And Keith, you were right there, those two seats. And he, had, one of his guys grabbed me. And he put him up there and he ran towards me like he was going to hit me. And he did it three times. I got the video because I wanted to watch it. Because it. I mean, I went off the ground this high and did a flip. And he never touched me. Not funny, sweetie. (laughs) I've been on the other side of the world, and I've called, and I've heard that laugh, and I'm going, yep, that's her. I tell you that about Pastor Benny Hinn because that night solidified something in me. I just made a decision. I am not going to try to impress anybody. And if God will pull me in front of of all those people and make me look like a fool doing flips backwards in the air, I'm just going to be me. And if you like that, wonderful. And if you don't, that's okay too. Kevin, I'll be here Sunday. He'll, he'll, make it, he'll, he'll fix it. He's a good fixer. He might be watching right now. You're a good fixer. I talked to him just a few minutes before we started. And he said, go as long as you want to go. I said, okay. But I'm not. I'm, a, I'm almost through. Second close. We're at 11.33. This is early. They actually clapped. <laughs> They actually clapped. Did you hear them? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay, let me finish with this. In Ezekiel 37, don't go there. I'm just going to, you know the story, the dry bones. God brought Ezekiel out into this valley. And the Bible says they were, it was very dry, right? I feel like some of us today are very dry. And God, paraphrase version, God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? God was not going to break his own, his own self-imposed law. Ezekiel said, well, only you know the answer to that God. And God began to give him instructions. And what did he say? He said, prophesy to the bones. God told Ezekiel what he needed to do to see something happen. Nothing in your life is going to happen until you open your mouth and start speaking. Your life today is a self-fulfilling prophecy of what you said about your life months or years ago. Well, I can never have that. You won't. I can never do this. You won't. I can never get married. You won't. God created the world by speaking. He then turned and said, I'm gonna create you to be just like me, Genesis 1, 28. Then God said, let us create man in our own image. When God created his world by his words, he then turned and said, you be like me, you today. Job 22:28 28 says, you also will declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your path. Your words are creating your world. I am. Ezekiel, can these bones live? speak. And he did. And then God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the four winds. Some of you need to start speaking to your north, south, east, and west to have whatever it is God wants you to have into your life. I'm not talking about financial. Yeah, that's part of it. That's not what this is about today. This is about what do you need to be complete in here? And he said, prophesy to the breath. And Ezekiel said exactly what God told him to say. And if you look in Ezekiel um, 37.1, where it says he was taken out into this valley of dry bones by the spirit. And there before him stood this, there before him was this army, this, this dry bones. Go to verse 10. And you'll see where it says and there stood before him ezekiel an exceedingly great army nothing changed same valley same bones they were dry and torn apart but one person had the courage to say what god said to say and god anointed the words god performed the word god blessed the word when he said it god backed up the word and what was a valley of dry bones in nine verses ten verses later There was an exceedingly great army standing ready to work for God. You could be one sentence away, set in faith, to fulfill whatever it is God's called you to do. But first, you have to know what he's called you to do. And second, your heart has to be really, really right. Richie and Chris and I prayed backstage this morning, and and I asked Richie to pray. And when he did, his prayer touched my heart. Touched my heart. What do you pray? No, that's not what I'm saying it for. It was just a prayer that was real. Thought about you this morning, Keith. Remember this, Kentucky, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Keith and I worked together for a long time, and he and Misty have a really great, really great. Ministry that's helping a lot of people who are hurting in what they do now, and uh, it's, it's it's an honor to watch as their ministry grows and how they're they're being able to use people. But Keith and I were in Bowling Green, Kentucky, one day, speaking at a school, and got through speaking, and I was about to meet the football. The, the he's the uh, the quarterback for the football team. He's about 16, 17 years old, and he he came down front. And all of his football buddies were there around him, and about six two, blonde haired blue eyed kid, and he. He said to me, he said, "Um, you got a minute to talk? I said, sure, man, let's talk. He said to all of his buddies, he said, hey, give me a few minutes. I need to to talk to this guy. So all of his guys left him and it was just the quarterback in me. He said, you told me that God is real. I said, he is real. You told me that God loves me. I said, oh, he loves you. You told me that my life matters. That's what I tell everybody. Job 33, 4. The Spirit of God made you the breath of the Almighty, gave you life. You matter. I said, yes, sir, I did. He said, do you really believe any of that? I said, nope, I believe all of it. I know he does. His eyes filled with tears, and I've seen this happen thousands of times. And he said to me, can I give you something? I said, sure. And out of his pocket, he pulled this 12-gauge shotgun shell. This is the very one. And he said to me, today at 3.15, I was going to the football field and I was going to use this to end my life. But you told me that God is real, that God loves me, and that my life matters. I said, buddy, it does. And that young man handed me this shotgun shell. And I have a a bag now full of stuff that students have given me from literally from South Africa to Russia. And they're a constant daily reminder to me of why we do what we do. I tell you that not to move you, but to show you that there are hurting people and they're empty. Maybe today you're one of those. I'm not gonna show a video that I was going to show. Before I close, I do wanna tell you this. The day after my mom died, the Lord told me to start writing. In September of 2019, standing right here, I was sitting back there. Devin walked down to the platform and said to me, Dean, come here. I wanted to do this privately, but the Lord told me to do it publicly. I was gonna show you that video, we have that. She began to prophesy to me that there was a book, and it was a book that I was afraid to write. But if I would write it, it would bring wholeness to anyone who read it. And I wrote it. And it's called Accepted My Journey. And I take you to when I was four years old, walking across the street at a hospital to go meet my sister who had just been born the day before. And I walk you through emotional abandonment and what happened in my life. I take you through sexual abuse. I take you through failing PE as a a 17-year-old kid in a school. I walk you through what it was like to hear the voice of God audibly speak to me as I call mom at the very instant she was attempting suicide. I walk you through meeting the one I get to do life with. I invite you on a journey of immense pain and a process of winning take you to where we spend our vacations and on a sunny morning, very, very early one morning, Lori and I take a walk and I look up at heaven and I just scream, I can't do this anymore. She says, I love you enough to give you some space and she walked off with that, the salt from the ocean in my eyes. I remember standing there crying so hard. I remember coming home and I was home early because they stayed because I had to go speak somewhere and I had an eight hour, eight hour encounter with Jesus. This book tells that story. This is only the second church I've had it in because it just came out. We had it in Mississippi three or four weeks ago. We sold out in five minutes. I don't know what they have back there. I haven't been back there today, but if you're interested, it's there. It's endorsed by John Bevere. who's become a dear friend of mine and it's got 13 endorsements on there from people that you might know. Now then, I'm going to finish by simply asking you some questions. Would you bow your head, please? Hey, Chris, give Lori that mic, please. I told... Lori, right right before I walked up here, I said, if by chance you happen to get something, let me know. So open your eyes a minute, I'm sorry. She just looked at me and said, she gave me that look.
2: You know, when Dean just uh, said the word wholeness, it just kind of confirmed that was what was going on in my heart the whole time today. And I was reminded a couple weeks ago of when I was first pregnant with Will, shortly, very shortly after we were married. In fact, right after our honeymoon. But I had this chair in Will's nursery that ended up being called the prayer chair because I started praying for him when he was in my womb. And I did that with each one of my children, Will, Ellie, and Meg. But he reminded me of a prayer that I used to pray and I didn't even understand, understand what it meant. And it went like this, Father, I pray that they will be healthy, whole, and complete Nothing missing, nothing broken. And I didn't realize it when I was praying that. I, I didn't realize how broken I really was and how I stayed broken and crushed for the better part of our marriage, almost 25 years. And the things that God has done for he and I and for our family, I was speaking as he was, as he was sharing how powerful the word is to pray. I was praying wholeness, and I believe in spirit, soul, and body. I believe in, in, in counseling and I believe in physical health, but I believe in spiritual health because that is the core of our being. That is, that is where the healing truly starts and begins and finishes. And so years ago, I was praying those words even when I didn't understand it. And I am a firm believer in wholeness today. And like Dean said earlier, I don't believe that we will ever arrive. There's not a place of arrival where we just get it all. I pray that I'm always growing and, and, and being restored, but the restoration stories that we have are just immeasurable. And starting this morning when Lacey opened up her mouth and then Mari finished or closed it out and, and then what Dean has been sharing is all a reflection of what the Lord has done in my life and in in still doing in our marriage and still doing in our family. And this morning I was trying to figure out what to wear and I went to my shoes, I don't have very many, but I was like, I was thinking ahead. I was like, I know I'm gonna dance today and I don't dance so that I can You know, be seen. I don't dance so that someone can. I just don't. Maybe people think that, but I don't care because God has done so much inside of me. I can't hold back. So I wore shoes. Well, I ended up taking them off, but I came expecting to be able to dance, expecting to be able to worship and praise Him for all that He has done for me, all that He has done for us all that he has done for you guys and all that he is continuing to do like Wilmari said. So for those of you really who find yourself in that place where you don't feel whole, I believe that today will be the day where there's, when there's irreversible change, a permanence of change in your life. Don't give up. At 43, I almost gave up. I came this close. And I'm so glad I didn't.
1: Me too. Give it to Chris, please. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, remember what I told you, that what he instructed me for our life, it was hear his voice, share his messages, and share my testimony. That's what I've tried to do today.
0: Friend, I believe God is speaking to hearts right now. This message, I pray, has stirred you, and there are some who are watching this message who are waiting on the opportunity to give their heart to Jesus Christ. Listen, the greatest day in your life is the day that you give your heart to Jesus Christ and allow him to become the Lord of your life. And if you want that opportunity, then right now I want to pray with you. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts that God commands men and women everywhere to repent, to turn from their sin, and to turn to the living God. And the message of hope today for you is that no matter how messed up you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far away from God you feel, he is only one prayer way. Would you turn your heart toward him right now? Just say, dear God, save me, forgive me, cleanse me of my sin, and make me new. I... I confess you as my Lord and Savior, Jesus, and I'm asking you to be the king of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer, let us know today. We want to make sure you have a Bible. We want to make sure you know that as a local church here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, someone is praying for you. We hope to see you soon if you're in the Chattanooga area, and if not, get in a Bible-believing church somewhere and grow in your purpose in Christ. We love you. We're praying for you today. God bless you.